This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by our friends over at Hedgewa, the Home Educating Family Association at Hedgewa.com. Hey, this is Fletch, and on this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, we are getting real about the topic of adoption. You know, a lot of the topics that come into our show come in from listeners just like you who want us to have the conversation that they're not ready to have or willing to have. And the problem with adoption is, although we're huge fans and big supporters, Kendra and I have never adopted any children. So we did the next best thing. We invited our good friends, Jeremy and Michelle White, onto the show so that we could ask them some very real questions. You know, we were not afraid to ask some really tough questions. Like, what about the families that have jumped into adoption with their eyes closed just because it was the newest movement or fad? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a huge movement. And I mean, as I talk with my other adoptive friends, it is, there's a movement and maybe not so much honesty about how stinking hard it is. You know, it would have been easy just to have a conversation about adoption and how to do it and how great it is and how wonderful it is. But on Homeschooling in Real Life, we want to have the tough conversations. We want to walk into those areas and really bring freedom to families who need to talk about some of these tougher topics. And Michelle and Jeremy were perfect at helping us bring this to the surface. Uh, Because there's no really open and transparency. People are not aware of the of the pitfalls and of the difficulties, and so then they think they're the only ones experiencing it, and that's simply not the case. Okay, are you ready to join us and get real about the topic of adoption? We want to thank you for joining us for episode 64, Adoption and the Homeschooling Family. Let's go. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 64 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Kendra, you know the name of this one, don't you? I do. It is Adoption in the Homeschooling Family. Part one. That's because uh, we ended up doing an interview for the show, and it's going to be two episodes worth of material. And we're going to get there quickly tonight, because I'm looking across the room, and you can't keep your eyes open. I can't stop yawning. Get over it. (laughs) Guy, we're doing a show for our listeners. What time is it? Would you wake? It's early. It's California time. It's 9.30. Okay, it's 9.30, but I had Mighty Joe in my bed this morning at 6.30, like, trying to pry open my eyelids. Because it was his first day of school today. And that was an hour after I left. <laughs> oh my goodness. Haven't you ever people. read those articles that float around Facebook that women need more sleep? 
apparently well, you go to bed after me too so go to bed earlier so hey we're um we are doing this show kendra's getting ready to go down to uh, san diego california the home of the great san diego zoo and sea world and the yeah. border of mexico but none, <laughs> none of those things am i going to do i'm actually this is kind of fun for our listeners well i'm going to be house sitting for a high school friend of mine whom I just got reconnected with on Facebook a couple of years ago, so that's cool. Yay, and she media. and her family are traveling, um, and and our son house sat for them last year. He couldn't do it. I'm doing it, and it's doubling as a huge last push writing weekend for me because I don't know if our, have we talked about this book? We have, and I actually put it up on social media tonight. So if you have not become a friend with us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. I actually put out the plea uh, just tonight saying, hey, would you pray for Kendra? Because she's going to get a weekend away to go down and get some writing done all by herself in San Diego. And um, so this episode's coming out after the fact. So you're not even going to... We can go back and look at it. You can you can pray in reverse. God I lo- listens. Yeah. I love that he's not bound by time and I will take every prayer. Because it's just at that, you know, it's been written and there's so much editorial stuff. I don't know if people know this about books that like... <laughs> There's huge editing that needs to be done and rearranging and and stuff. And maybe that's just because I'm a scattered mom with a scattered brain and writing this book. Maybe there's people who write better. Than yeah, I do. maybe. I don't know. Oh. Anyways, so, so there's all that to yeah, do. That's that book update. Now, but the fun part about that that I was going to say is that I'm having dinner this weekend also with Kim Crandall. Oh, from our episode on Christ in the Chaos. Right, exactly. So, you know, Kim is a, a friend of mine, and I love her to death, and absolutely can't wait to have some great gospel conversations. All right, and then why don't we give them a quick house update? We are still selling our house, and that's the other reason you could be praying for us, because we're <laughs> three months into this, and we're still trying to sell this house and just try and simplify it. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about praying for the Homeschooling Real Life uh, podcast, that's another thing. Hey, Kenj, mm-hmm. I was on iTunes. Guess what? What? We are like five reviews away from 100. Oh, that's exciting. All right. So if you're a listener and you haven't gone yet, you need to go to iTunes, search homeschooling, search Kendra, search... Well, you probably want to search Kendra Fletcher because you'll get Hugh Hefner's girlfriend if you just do Kendra, probably. And that's going to be a completely <laughs> yeah. different iTunes search. People ask me that all the time. Oh, do you watch that TV show? Yeah, right. No, No. we don't. So anyhow, go over to iTunes. But we need these reviews. These are how people find us. Again, the number one one podcast in our category, The Thinking Atheist. Yeah. I mean, and I actually listen to that podcast. I'll Mm -hmm. put it on occasionally Mm -hmm. if there's a show that I think interests me. It's produced super. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when it comes to homeschooling podcasts, we think this one's the best. And we need other people to find it. So please go over and do a search for us and uh, leave us a review. You can click the stars and then write a few words. Tell us what you think. We'll actually share your words on the air if uh, if they're funny. If, they're funny. if you say, hey, I think Fletch should put a sock in. I'm probably not going to read that one. But. <laughs> um, what else do we have to update? Oh, yeah. And this is another thing. Our sponsors. You know, Again, this is a free podcast. Yeah. So name my favorite coffee. Caroline's Coffee. That's right. I talked to uh, Holly, the owner, uh, one of the owners over at Caroline's Coffee. And I asked her how the campaign was going, and she said she's starting to see some action from our listeners. Yay, go hurlers. So people are using the code HIRL. Now, if you haven't gone there yet, I'm drinking a cup right now. This stuff's fantastic. But I did a little math for you. Okay, hurlers, if you drink coffee and you go, head on over to Caroline's Coffee right now. Look up their Brazilian Pulped Rose Coffee. I've talked about this on the podcast. It's yummy. It's mild. It's a great 
great coffee. For one pound, you're going to spend under $9. Now, if you're drinking that cheap Seattle swill or anything like that, you're spending 12 to $13 a pound for that coffee. And if you use the code HIRL, you're getting it for under $9. And it's coming to your doorstep. And it's coming with a cute little card. Mine, mine was signed by Elise last time with little hearts. So, wow. but here's the killer part. You ready? Yeah. They sell tea. It's not just coffee. So if you're one of Kendra's fans. I'm astounded over yes. here. Why are you just telling me this now? Oh, I, you should have looked you, it up yourself. You've been holding out on me. And not only am I drinking Caroline's coffee, I'm drinking it out of Cindy Newman's tumbler that she gave me. So thank you, Cindy, again. We're going to put in the show notes again, Cindy's uh, Etsy page. Yeah. Because we put this up last week, and people are going crazy over these uh, tumblers. And if you haven't gone to check them out yet, they're custom homeschooling and real-life tumblers. I <laughs> they mean, are really great looking. I got one that said, drink more coffee. Kendra got one that said, love Jesus more, something like that, love more grace and Jesus. I don't know. Shift your hope right back onto Jesus. Yeah. And then there's another one that says, what, hope wins or... Grace, Grace wins. wins. Grace wins. And yeah. they're cool. They're really, really cool. So show some love all around. Go to Caroline's Coffee. Go to Hedgewa. Go to Cindy's uh, Etsy page. And just help our sponsors. There's That's the only way. This Let's call this our late summer pledge drive. You know how NPR does that? <laughs> right. You know, listeners, you need to do this. I'm not telling you. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You need to do this. Our sponsors help us produce good shows. Fletch, you were forgetting the other big thing that happened this last weekend. Uh, something big happened this weekend. I don't remember what You're was You're wearing it. the t-shirt. Oh, big music gig. Yeah, that's right. My first live performance on the drums. I've, I don't know how many of our hurlers know you are a drummer and that you've come to this late in life. And so yeah, it was like, like School of Rock. Year. School of Rock for adults. Yeah, if you haven't seen School of Rock, I'm not recommending it because I don't <laughs> recommend any movies for anyone. To anyone. But... If you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, 45 years old, I decided I want to start playing the drums. So I started, and a year later, I played with a band. Yeah, it was a great fun time, we and we did. were all out there. Yeah. Your office staff, My staff came, showed up. That was cool. 80s music, we yeah, rocked it. We were like light and lighters and free bird, and it was awesome. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> don't that was idea. ridiculous. Come on. We were free bird. Didn't that sound good? It, it sounded like I knew what I was. You talking had about. like the right thing, the right elements. Like we were lighting lighters, <laughs> but the term is, and we were all freebird. Okay, That's not so, a term. Oh, we were all I, stairwaying I to heaven. I was raised in 1970s we and 80s evangelicalism. This. My first concert was Petra. <laughs> Nobody even oh. knows what that is anymore. Oh, so like on Apple Music lately, if you haven't been doing Apple Music, yeah. I pretty much have the whole Apple catalog, and I went back and had like a whole 80s Christian music gig. Okay, but that was good Christian music. I was listening really to the good. good stuff. So if you're from the 80s like us, you'll know what I mean when I said we listened to Undercover and the Altar Boys, and well, you 2 77. was sold in Christian bookstores back then. Yeah, I remember And the that. 77s were awesome, so... uh yeah, but hey, you know, we need to get done with this fluff because you can barely keep your stinking eyes open. You've <laughs> yawned like 12 times in this intro. So let's, uh, what are we heading to from here? We are going to talk about adoption with a fabulous couple that has had great adoption experiences and some interesting surprises to talk to us about. But first, let's hear more about Hedua. Ken, 
Kanja, our sponsor is Hedgewa.com, and yes. you've had the chance to look through some of their material. Yeah, I am currently using not only their blog planner, which I know doesn't apply to all of our listeners, but they also have uh, several day planners. And you know, Fletch, I've gone pretty much all digital. Right. So on these written planners, they I, I want to ask you one question as a homeschool mom. Okay. When our kids get ready to go to college, are you putting together a portfolio? Absolutely. Okay. So they have this four-year plan. Have you seen that four-year school plan yes. that they have at yes. Edgewa? That's perfect for homeschoolers that are maybe getting their kids ready for high school because mm-hmm. it's something where they can you know, just continue to put examples uh, throughout those four years. And then when they go to put together a portfolio, they have it there. It's organized. Yeah. And you know what's really lovely about it is um, I don't have to think of what those things ought to be. There are planner pages and prompts for what what we should be keeping records of for, for those four years. Yeah, so if you're a homeschool mom or dad and you're thinking, how will I get my kid ready for college? What will I need? You know, aside from the grades and all the activities they're going to do, this couldn't be a better resource. Now, I had the chance to ask Ann Hibbert, who's the senior content editor at Hedgeo, about this, and here's what she had to say. That is exactly the intention of the design of the four-year planner. Uh, And in fact, my personal usage, I have a brand new high schooler this year, and I got her the one-year high school planner to totally take over on her own. We use the four-year planner to work together to lay out her uh, her entire plan for the next four years. And that it, that one is going to be preserved for portfolio and application preparation. Um, and that, that's the intention. We will record grades. We will record anything, that any of her activities. We will slide anything that will go into her portfolio into it. Um, and that is really the intention of the four-year high school planner. All right, hurlers, we can't emphasize this enough. You know, if you are planning out your life, if you are planning out your homeschool year, if you need a planner just to provide to your homeschool student to map out their year, or if you need a planner that can help you put together a portfolio for college admission, the Home Educating Family Association has created a planner just for you. So head on over to our show notes on the Homeschooling IRL website or to Hedua.com. You know, Fletch, there are a lot of homeschooling families who have chosen to adopt children. Yeah. And it's, I, I want to say this, I'm, I'm, I'm the real life person. Um, we've seen a real rise in it that's great. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a popularity in it that people are using it sometimes for identity mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of those crashing and burning when the fun of it has worn off. Yeah. Suddenly it's cra- – and, and there's not a, not a lot of that. But, mm-hmm. but we do see it. That's the real part that we wanted to approach. So when you said let's talk about adoption, um, I asked you – I remember saying this, I mean, you mean the negative part of it? And you said, no, the positive part of it. We have a lot of homeschoolers that want to talk about adoption, want us to talk about it. So I wanted to at least approach that, hey, there's something also going on here we should 
we should uncover. Yeah. But we what we decided to do instead was rather than you and me talk about it, was to do what? Well, we are interviewing a couple that is actually in real life friends of ours. Yes. Um, if any of my readers from Preschoolers in Peace over the years uh, have been reading in the last year or so, you will know Michelle White because she's been writing with me there. Um, and so Michelle and Jeremy White have joined us on this interview. They have uh, some adopted and fostered children in their home, um, and they will share your story. So I don't need to give them much more of an introduction, but... We're going to split this into two parts, Fletch, because as you said, there's the positive part and all of that. They're huge advocates for orphans and for adoption. 100% behind that. Yep. And then there's the reality of maybe not always knowing whether it's out of, you know, sort of rose-colored glasses and blissful ignorance or out of not having the information or knowledge that it takes to bring a, a child with issues into your home. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's that side of it too. So we're going to hit this topic tonight and then again next week uh, with the whites because they can sure tell us you know, several facets of, of the adoption story. Yeah, and I think what we'll do is we'll actually record another episode next week once we get some feedback from mm-hmm. our listeners. So mm-hmm. you know, listen up and let us know, you know either your own stories or things you want to share with us. Yeah. Hey, before we go to this, do you remember uh, one of the fun connections we have with the Whites? Um, they were interested in adopting. So how did our paths cross because of that? Well, we, our paths actually crossed a little bit before that, but because I know where you're going with yeah. this, but where where it got to be um, kind of fun is that we were selling our 12 passenger van, and I think guess we must have put it on Facebook, right? Something, yeah. Michelle knew she found out, and she said, oh, "We're we're interested in buying it because we want to fill that van with kids." Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, that was so a they fun did. They bought our the 12 passenger van. Yeah, and actually, I saw it pull out of our driveway the other day on my way home. I said, "Hey, there goes our van," <laughs> and then I came in, and you said, "Oh, Michelle just left." Yeah. So yeah, friends in real life from just down the highway. Um, We have this interview queued up and ready to roll. So here we go. All right. So we are on the phone with Michelle and Jeremy White. And this is going to be a great conversation, Kendra, because this couple, we know IRL in real life and they're a ton of fun. We lumped around Nashville with them. Do you remember? I do. We went out for really good peanut butter burgers is that what we had that <laughs> night i think we had peanut butter burgers but we're on the phone with uh, jeremy michelle white and if you will remember michelle from episode 39 i love homeschooling but i'm totally burned out and she was one of the moms that answered a lot of the questions for us so welcome to the show white family well thank, thank you, you very much for having us Hey, could you just start, and, and we didn't really talk about this beforehand, but if one of you would just uh, introduce your family to us, kind of who you are and where you are, uh, both geographically and in homeschooling ages and everything like that. Well, we live in Central California. We are um, in about two hours south of you guys, and we have five children, ages 11, 9, 8 four, and three. And uh, our oldest is just starting seventh grade. And so we've been homeschooling from the beginning. So she was, I don't know, was that eight years or something? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so we've been homeschooling about eight years. And I think it's- Oh, my cheesecake. I got to go get it. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy will keep talking. 
Oh, wow, this is awesome. We're leaving this in the show because this is real life. <laughs> <laughs> she can't hear you. She's gone. Oh. <laughs> um, it, it's probably worth also mentioning, uh, is, is probably already obvious from my accent. I'm not from the U.S. I, am, uh, I was born in New Zealand, at least, but I've lived in other places. And so our first three children were born in New Zealand. We lived there for a time. Um, and then our number four, he was born here. He was a, a preemie, uh, 25-weeker. And then our um, fifth child was via adoption. So we're also an, an adoptive family. So Michelle and Jeremy, we wanted to have you on this episode because we know so many homeschoolers who are also wanting to adopt or have adopted and are, are kind of walking that path. And you guys have a really interesting journey that you've been on. Um, you have huge hearts for adoption. This is something that is very, very much something that the Lord has laid on your hearts. And so tell us how you decided in your marriage that you wanted to open your family up to adopting a child. It was, it's, a, it's been a very long process. It was something that started even before we were married. So it was something that was in our heart even before we knew each other. And, and it was something that we discussed prior to, to getting married. Not that it was something that we wanted to do straight away, but it was something that we were at least open to. Um, and then, you know, we got married and we had, um, we began having uh, biological children and, um, it was it was always well. We'll just take take it one at a time, <laughs> and it was when we got uh, when we got to number four, and Timothy was born very early. He was born at twenty five weeks, and and that was very scary. And it it's worked out okay so far, um, but it was in considering whether or not we continue to have more children. It was at that point we said, well, we, were, we have been open to adoption. Uh, is this something that is now it's the right time for us? Well, the, because Timothy was born so early, he was in the hospital for um, almost three months. And during that time, I had, we, well, we both had a lot of experience um, dealing with special kids in the hospital with all the, the doctors and the specialists and all the things that happen. You guys know what that's like. And so because of our experience with Timothy, we weren't, it did not make us uncomfortable to think about having a child that maybe had some special needs or um, had special medical issues. And so that's kind of what we started pursuing at that point. But all along, it was simply, I mean, it was God leading us in that direction. It wasn't, uh, oh, hey, I think it's a great idea to adopt. We'll, you know, save some kid. It was nothing like that. It was only because God was asking us to take that step. All right, so I have a question for you. I'm, I'm the one that tends to start uh, ripping. You're a stir. <clears throat> I stir. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're already weird because you're homeschooling. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean weird like I think you're weird or, or people think you're weird, but um, you've made a weird decision to, sure. to educate at home. An and, unconventional decision. Yes. And I actually know um, a lot about your homeschool just from our friendship. And there's times I think, oh, I'd love to. You know, if I if I believed in reincarnation, it wouldn't be bad to die and come back as a white kid, because uh, uh, just some of the fun stuff that that I hear that you guys are doing. Um, so you, you've made this tough decision, a difficult decision to educate at home. Um, 
you're making a second, what I think from the outside looking in, another tough decision to adopt. Um, do those two naturally go together? I mean, do they feed off each other and say, like, hey, we're doing one thing kind of different. Let's do another thing a little different. Or are they in conflict? I wouldn't say they're in conflict. I would say they're just totally separate issues. Okay. Uh, I mean, in terms of, of homeschooling, you know, different people choose that path for, for different reasons. And one of the reasons why some people choose to homeschool is because they're risk adverse. You know, they don't like the idea of uh, their, their children going out into the big bad world, as it were. Um, and so, therefore, they, they want to provide a protective environment. And so, for those types of children, uh, I'm sorry, for those types of situations to now talk about bringing in this, this unknown. unknown would be, yeah, that goes totally against, you know, their, their, their motivations. Um, so, yeah, I would see them as, as not at all connected. However, because we do homeschool, uh, it provides a flexibility um, that is really required when you choose to adopt because um, when you adopt, you only see on paper really what this child is and what you get, what you see on paper is often quite different than what you actually see in real life. So you have to come um, with eyes wide open, not knowing exactly um, how things are going to go, what the needs of the child are. We were told with Peter, our youngest, that um, he was very likely going to need another heart surgery. He had um, a ton of heart issues when he was born and had massive heart surgery when he was three weeks old. Uh, and we were told that he would probably need another heart surgery. So we were prepared for that because we live close to a very good cardiac unit. Um, it, but when we brought him home and the cardiologist started seeing him, he said, oh, no, he's fine. We'll just keep an eye on him. So, um, you know, we said yes to a child expecting them to, him to need another heart surgery, but then really hasn't needed any kind of um, massive surgery like that yet. So um, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think homeschooling and adoption go hand in hand. That's certainly not, not been my experience anyway. Now, would you say that the um, bringing an adoption in the midst of that made your homeschool more difficult? Or did, I, I guess I heard you say somewhere there, actually homeschooling kind of worked a little bit easier with an adoption. Um, the, if I can just go back to the previous question and just, just round it off. The the way in which they are connected is is ultimately we want the best for our kids. Okay. And um and God put in our heart the desire to to want that best for another child that you know wasn't our recipe as it were is the well, well expression said. yeah that's is good. the expression I, I I use. Um, Peter is our son. There is. Legally, emotionally, he—he's our son now, and so we want the best for him. Um, and then the same would be true for the other adoption that we didn't go through with mm. the end. But mm. okay, so uh, let's start with Peter. Then let's talk about that adoption. We probably have plenty of listeners, Kendra, who are adopted parents, and and the process. They, we don't really need to talk about the process. One of the things that we hear from listeners on this topic is. We're thinking about it, we're praying about it, but we're just not sure how that's going to impact our family. Um, the other things we hear are, okay, we've done this, and um, 
whoosh, now I've got a homeschool this year, but we've brought a new child into our home. And so I think maybe, Jeremy and Michelle, the, the, the better thing here for our listeners might be, tell us what that looked like. When you brought Peter home, how did that impact the way you were doing life and your family and homeschooling at that time? Well, just like with any major change in a family, um, if mom gives birth to a biological child, um, if there is a move or, or any kind of major change, when you're homeschooling, you have the flexibility to then say, okay, we're going to take it down to bare bones and we are going to do our read alouds and everyone can do a page of their math book every day and maybe we'll make muffins or, you know, something like that. So I would say to any family that's now doing this and saying, what are we going to do with school that, um, to not freak out and to just take it one day at a time, because, We don't have to be legalistic about it. We don't have to check all the boxes. Um, As homeschoolers, we do have flexibility, and we need to embrace that for that time. So when we brought Peter home, he was seven months old, and um, he was uh, born addicted to drugs, and so he had some continuing um, brain issues, so he cried a lot. And we also had Timothy, who was only 15 months older, so he was just about to turn two. Um, So our family was still pretty young. So we did a lot of reading aloud. We sat on the floor and played with blocks. Um, My bigger kids, who really weren't that big, were doing their math or explode the code or whatever it was um, as close to me as possible. And we just did the basics. And it was a fabulous learning time. We, um, we made sure that our family was staying close because that was the most important thing. We were making sure that the kids were knowing that they were loved, even though there was a new child. And those were the things that are important. And that's what I tell people. I tell people, you know, if you have a baby, it's the same. If you've got a move, it's the same. If dad's been deployed, the same kind of thing. You just got to stick to the basics. Dude. The other thing, too, is, is it certainly helps to have a good support network. So um, to have other people who, you know, whether it be grandma or grandpa or um, you know, other people in the homeschooling community that are, are happy to sit and just be with the children and um, you know, take them through uh, helping them with a math problem or, or things like that, or taking them on an excursion, things like that. So, you know, use the resources at your disposal. Um, and don't think that you can do it all by yourself yeah. because you can't. All right. So I want to jump in with just a quick question. I know you were both on board for this as a couple, and I know your family was on board for this. Um, but I also know, um, at least as long as I've known you, uh, as a dad, Jeremy, you're really a busy traveler. Um, what advice do you have for dads uh, who are, you know, inevitably we have moms listening to this podcast and they're the ones that are pushing a lot of agendas in homes. And not that adoption is an agenda, but it sure could be. And so you have a mom saying, this is something I really feel we should do. And dad says, yes, you know, verbally. But what does he then need to re, you know, realize when when the child comes home, from a dad's perspective, I, I I do travel a lot, and and often it comes up uh, when I'm away from home with with people that I'm working with, 
uh, comes up that I, I have quite a few children and they're like, how on earth do you manage with all these kids? And say, so, oh, it's easy for me. I'm, I'm here. I'm already yeah. on a business trip. Um, I always tell I, them I have eight dental assistants and hygienists and staff members that run my life. That's how I do everything in the world. Exactly. <laughs> Correct. It's my wife you should be asking this question to. How sure. is she doing this? Yeah. And, and, and part of it is uh, as, a, as a provider for the family, I also have tried as, as best I can to do a number of things. One of them is to make sure that uh, Michelle has the support that she needs and is taking full advantage of the resources at her disposal uh, without feeling guilty about it. So we uh, have budgeted uh, you know, money for her to have in-home help and, and things like that. I know that's not always possible, but maybe there are other ways to, to make that happen. And then because of the, the age that we live in, being able to uh, you know, connect with Skype and, and, and talk with the kids and pray with the kids before they go to bed and um, you know, is being the odd occasion where I've been in a uh, airport lounge uh, in a corner, uh, giving one of the older children a, a little bit of a talking to, in strong, uh, in a strong voice. Uh, so it's it's still important to be part of of that that discipline process and and training process, and then. At least in my case, I do have the advantage that when I am home, I I am home. I have a home office, and um, depending on what I'm working on at the time, it it does allow me to, um, you know, I can get up early in the morning, take care of uh, as much as I can before everyone starts getting up, and then uh, you know be available uh, to to eat breakfast and 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 spend time with the with family, get get things uh, up to a, uh, some sort of good start for the day and then perhaps head back into the office while they're doing their work and, and then be available in the afternoon again. So, um, but, but certainly when I am home, I want to make sure that not only am I physically home, but I'm also emotionally at home as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here and, and I'm, I'm not thinking about other stuff. All right, hurdlers, um, you heard that. Uh, adoption, a lot like homeschooling, uh, from a dad's perspective, there's a call to be engaged uh, no matter what your life circumstances bring you. This is not something like homeschooling. You can just pat your wife on the head and say, run along with this plan and I'll watch you from a distance. Uh, you, we need to be engaged with this. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how, um, how things might go if an adoption doesn't turn out the way you hope it will. Hey, hurlers. Uh, I just wanted to jump in, in the middle of this great discussion about adoption to just alert you to a couple things online that might be helpful to you as a homeschool family. The first is one of my favorite homeschool podcasting dads. It's John Wilkerson over at the Wired Homeschool. You know, just this week, he did episode 160 on Back to Homeschool Tech Tune-Up, where he goes through just some great ideas on getting your technology up to speed for your school year. Definitely, you should go check that out. That's the wiredhomeschool.com. 
All right. The other thing I'd like to talk about is info for families, Barrett and Jennifer Johnson. You know, if your marriage is struggling at all at any point, like all of our marriages do, Barrett and Jennifer lead the Real Marriage Podcast. Fantastic podcast. You know, your marriage doesn't even need to be in trouble to go get some nuggets and some jewels. You know, they just sit down with another couple and talk about real life issues on this podcast. So go check them out. It's infoforfamilies.com slash podcast. Again, that's the wiredhomeschool.com and infoforfamilies.com. Two great resources for your homeschool family. We're back with Michelle and Jeremy White talking about adoption. And uh, Michelle, during our little break, you had something to say that we think is important. I just want to make sure that everyone um, hears our hearts. And adoption is absolutely important to us. But before anyone considers going down that road, um, you need to make sure that your marriage is strong. Because uh, your marriage will be put, you'll, you'll, you will go through the fire and, um, and it can look really, really nasty. Um, so if your marriage is already struggling or if you've got issues that you need to work through, get those taken care of um, before you make the step to adoption. Because putting your family under even more stress is not going to make it any easier. In the same vein, it's normally never a good idea to have a baby to save a marriage. You know, I was thinking of what Tim Keller says in his book on marriage where he says that a relationship uh, is a lot like a bridge. And if your bridge has a lot of cracks on it, uh, marriage is going to be that train that comes barreling over that bridge. And if there are cracks in the bridge, uh, obviously marriage a lot of times will destroy it. You know, yeah, yeah. So know that you're strengthened when you go into any of these decisions, whether it's homeschooling or, or that. Hey, this is Fletch, and I just wanted to jump in on post-production here. And it was about this part in the podcast interview that we knew this was going to be a two-part episode where we discussed kind of some general ideas of adoption and some stresses on marriage and family and homeschool on the front end. And then we'd come back with part two discussing just what happens when an adoption doesn't end up with the results you were hoping for. And we get to hear more of... Jeremy and Michelle's story. So what we did instead was we did ask just a few more questions to kind of wrap up this first episode on the idea of adoption as a little bit of a movement within the homeschool community and how when pursuing something just because it's a movement might lead to a negative result. You know, uh, there's a bit of a... um, um, What's the word? A, um, I don't know, like a movement. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a huge movement. And I mean, as I talk with my other adoptive friends, it is, there's a movement and maybe not so much honesty about how stinking hard it is. And uh, because there's no really open and transparency, people are not aware of the of the pitfalls and of the difficulties and so then they think they're the only ones experiencing it and that's simply not the case but but the thing is it's it's one of those honesties that is you know that the desire to not scare other people away because you know typically yeah. it's like 
just raising children in general, you know, it's it's not always a walk in the park. But you know, most people would say, in the, at the end of the day, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of where we're coming from. But that doesn't make it any easier. No, it doesn't. It's like it's like a lot of lifestyle decisions where people are enamored with the idea of something, mm. um, but when push comes to shove, they're not really either properly prepared or, or you know, have actually the prerequisite skills or motivation or the right motivation to actually do it, you know, whether it be people, so, you know, are enamored with the idea of living in the country and having a farm or, or being married or adopting or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's never quite what they think. Yeah. Or yeah, homeschool. Right. Yeah, that was the other <laughs> yeah, yeah, homeschool, that thing we do. <laughs> wow, Fletch, it's good to hear stories of children being rescued, isn't it? It is. That is cool. And, you know, when we started this off, we said we wanted to go down every avenue. I'm really glad we had them on to talk about it. I'm glad we're going to finish up with part two next time um, because you're going to hear the whole story. The right. rest of the story, as yeah. Paul Harvey would say. Um, so we're not done with this discussion. We want to keep talking about it. Now, here's where you come in, listeners. You are going to respond. And there's a couple ways you can do that. Um, do you have anything planned for social media on this episode for them this week, Kenj? Oh, yeah. So this week up on Facebook, as we normally do several times a day, I'll be posting resources for you related to adoption and, the, and homeschooling and that issue. But I'll also be putting up opportunities for you to chime in. And we would really love to hear your stories, your experiences, your questions, and specifically questions you might have for Michelle and Jeremy. Michelle pops in on our Facebook page every day. And yeah, so, so she's she'll a see regular. those and she she would be willing to answer, I bet, when she has a moment. Yeah, now if there's something that may be a little more personal that you'd say, man, I really wish you guys would have talked about this. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it's what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. Maybe it's some of those Hey, peek behind this, you know, the curtain, and let's look at the real issues going on. Um, there's some easy ways for you to reach us, and the easiest is our email, info at homeschoolingirl.com. Or a lot of people have been sending in Facebook private messages to us. Mm-hmm. So when you go to our Facebook page, just message Homeschooling IRL, it comes right to us. Um, but if there's something maybe a little more private that you, you want to ask the tough question and you're afraid to, that's the way to do it. And not that we're experts. But we're willing to actually have the conversation out loud. We'll also tell you when we don't know the answer. Yeah, we'll just I'm pray with clear you. to do that. Yeah. So, hey, thank you for listening this week. As you guys are starting off a new school year, remember, head on over to Hedgewood.com for planners. That's what we're talking about this month. There are really some great tools to help you as you get started with your school year. Or if you're sending a college kid away or you have a new high school kid to help them organize their year. Kenj, anything else for our listeners? No, we just hope you'll come back and listen again next week when we top this off with Adoption and the Homeschooling Family Part 2. This is Michelle White. You have been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or searching for them on iTunes. 